Singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 2 with our primary focus on verses 16 through 18. Following the visit of the wise men to Bethlehem, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him to take the baby and Mary to Egypt and to stay there until King Herod's death. For when Herod found out that the wise men had returned to their homeland without reporting back to him concerning the location of the Messiah, he was furious and sent soldiers to Bethlehem in an attempt to kill Israel's Messiah. Now here once again are verses 13 through 18, and Matthew writes as follows. After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up and flee to Egypt with the baby and his mother the angel said, and stay there until I tell you to return, for King Herod is going to try to kill the child. That same night he left for Egypt with the child and Mary, and stayed there until King Herod's death. This fulfilled the prophecy predicted, I have called my son from Egypt. Herod was furious when he learned that the astrologers had disobeyed him. Sending soldiers to Bethlehem, he ordered them to kill every baby boy two years old and under, both in the town and in the nearby farms. For the astrologers had told him the star first appeared to them two years before. This brutal action of Herod's fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. Screams of anguish come from Ramah, weeping unrestrained, Rachel weeping for her children, uncomforted, for they are dead. Thank you. 
Matthew quotes from the prophet Jeremiah concerning the slaughter of the young boys in and around the village of Bethlehem, but he also quotes from the prophet Hosea in regards to God's son being called out of Egypt. And we will touch on both of these prophecies on today's study. Now, here is Pastor Henry Harder. The slaughter of the innocents is the name given to one of the most cruel and useless crimes of history. It's recorded by Matthew in chapter 2 of the book that bears his name. He writes, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Matthew 2, 16-18 There's the order coming from Herod the king. Kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years or less. No doubt the order was obeyed. One can only imagine the scene of grief and anguish. The executioners, without discrimination, went about their bloody task, the sweeping extermination of these precious young lives. There can't have been too many in a little place like Bethlehem, surely less than a hundred. But that makes it no less barbarous, especially since it was so totally and completely useless. To make sure that he wouldn't miss killing Jesus, Herod orders the extermination of all the little boys. History does not record this event. The death of a few Hebrew children in an insignificant village in Israel, after all, Herod's infamous and cruel crimes were almost too numerous to mention. Many innocent victims perished under Herod's sword. One can only imagine the grief and sorrow that hit this little community when all the little boys were slain. Matthew compares it to the weeping at Ramah. Perhaps this has reference to the weeping of the captives taken at the fall of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. Ramah was just north of Jerusalem. Many nobles from Judah were slain, as were the sons of the last king Zedekiah, after which his eyes were gouged out of their sockets. The captives were in chains, they were on their way to Babylon. They had left their beloved Jerusalem in ruins. There was much weeping and mourning. Rachel, who was considered the mother of Israel, was weeping for her children. There was intense wailing when the innocents were slaughtered by King Herod. Of this evil king, the emperor Augustus is supposed to have said that it was better to be Herod's sow than Herod's son. In the Greek language, there is only one letter difference between sow and son. He did murder several of his sons and close relatives. Of course, Jesus wasn't in Bethlehem at this slaughter of the innocents. He had been taken by his parents to Egypt at night, some 75 miles or about 120 kilometers south and west. Jesus was spared this death, only to be kept for another, the death as a Savior on the cross just over 30 years later. Had he died as an infant, he would not have been man's Savior. God spared him for the greater death. 
Well, finally, Herod died, and Joseph was called to leave Egypt and return to Israel with his wife and Jesus. Then Matthew writes, was fulfilled the prophet's words, out of Egypt I called my son. That's a quote from Hosea 11, verse 1. God, through the prophet Hosea, of course spoke about Israel coming out of Egypt. But God called Israel my son. But was this intended to predict Jesus leaving Egypt? Actually, Jesus is often presented as the anti-type of Israel. His 40-day fast, for example, is compared to Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus is called the vine, and so is Israel. God said to Israel, Israel is my firstborn son, Exodus 4.22. Then Moses quoted God, said to Pharaoh, let my son go. Israel was God's son. Jesus was God's son. Both came out of Egypt. In some ways, Israel was a type of Jesus. Matthew evidently had a fuller understanding or application of Hosea 11.1. 1. The New Testament writers read fuller meanings into Old Testament passages. They often drew lessons which were not observable at the time the events occurred or were written down. Not until the coming of Christ and the New Testament did fuller meanings emerge. The New Testament writers had the advantage of seeing Old Testament events through the intervening years. They saw the completion of Revelation as they saw the New Testament events unfold in the light of and in fulfillment of the Old. What an exciting time that must have been. Those New Testament writers knew the Hebrew Scriptures, they believed in Jesus the Messiah, and they had the Holy Spirit to guide them in their understanding and application of the Scriptures. To see prophecy become history, especially to witness the coming of Jesus as predicted, must have been a thrill that absolutely nothing could equal. They were not only writing history, they were writing the story of how God was redeeming the world they were writing redemption history. God was moving and he was bringing to pass what he had predicted. Things were unfolding just as he had planned. Jesus the Savior came to earth, lived among men and died in man's place. That's the good news of the gospel. The gift of forgiveness is available to whoever wants it and accepts it. And that cross will stand forever 
Radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.